This is Alex, and you're listening to The Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. Welcome to another episode of the Paradise Arcade. This week's guest, very special, very guest, special guest. Of course, I always say that uh, is Alex. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. No worries, likewise. All right. Uh, as always, please follow us on follow follow us follow us. The whiskey's already getting to me clearly. Um, follow us on social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter. You can find the podcast where all fine podcasts are accessed and sold. So you shouldn't have a trouble finding us. Uh, you can catch rebroadcasts of the episodes on night ride FM. Uh, so check that out as well. Please support those guys. Um, okay, let's get into it. Uh, Alex, thank you for joining us. We're very excited to have you. I think, uh, it seems like some people were pretty, uh excited to have you on as well uh, and people want to hear from you and um so i want to talk about initially the new record that's coming out the new music we've we've had some time to digest it what do you have to um kind of say about or describe the the new music 202080 so basically it's like a, a collection of works that were made this year um, like a select bunch of tracks that uh, just kept me going because uh, I just had no energy to write an album or sit down and do an Akuma 3 or just anything huge because um, I just wanted to take a break for a bit and I still kind of am off and on so it was just kind of whatever came into being conditions wise when the conditions were right the music just kind of happened um, so it was just kind of exploring kind of new like sounds and directions and working with some new artists as well yeah it seems like uh you are evolving i I think the difference between this record blood city the last like there's a clear evolution is that something that you're consciously doing um to change it up and be different or is that just a natural part of what you're doing um i think it's a bit both i think i wanted to do something different for a while um, and that was always the aim is to do something different with this record or that record. Uh, but also use it as a kind of learning curve or kind of a practice, uh, kind of like a workbench to work on kind of a new sound as well. But yeah, um, I'm always kind of wanting to do something different. Uh, cause I, sometimes I feel like I've not found my like true sound or like a sort of staple, um, to kind of keep using a reason but at the same time i feel maybe it's maybe better to just keep being really fluid with the genres uh and kind of just see where it goes perhaps your true sound is being able to do whatever you want and do a multiple you know many different styles that's it yeah so would you describe yourself at this point as maybe just a electronic artist in less a specific genre at this point 
Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, like, it'll always be Simufave. That was the start, but I prefer to kind of be more broad about the sound. Yeah, so electronic music, musician or artist, for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I, and I, I admire that, because I think there's a certain aspect where it, it seems like just from reading your social media stuff that there, I don't know if there's like a pressure on you from fans to be a certain way or have a certain sound and you're still getting out there and you're, and you're progressing and you're doing things that are very different. I think from what maybe people would like first describe you as like when say, well, listen to Alex, listen to Akuma or, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're continuing to take risks and do different things um has that been a difficult thing for you to has there been that feedback or pressure from fans at all to be a synth wave i guess yeah there's been like uh there has been people who have said like oh you know um i would prefer if you just did this sound um stuck to that sound and i, I completely understand where they're coming from but for me, I just feel like I'd be betraying myself in a way. I would just be slaving away. And I mean, like, I mean, if they want to go listen to a lot of dark stuff, then I mean, there's so many dark artists out there that like make so much dark synth. And, you know, like, I, I don't need to name names, but you, like everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows. Uh, the people. Like, 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 you know, there's like a, there's like a, you know, a circle of them that everyone gravitates towards. And I think, I mean, that's cool. Um, but at the same time, I think, yeah, I, I, I try not to kind of get annoyed with that or get or feel bad about it because at the end of the day, I'm kind of just doing my own thing, really. And uh, I think it's healthier to just try something new. And I think I like, I like to kind of approach it like a, like a film director because um, you've got like, <clears throat> I don't know, so say Akuma came out and it did well um charted billboard and like you know okay like let's do another one <laughs> and then we kind of had like a sequel and it was kind of like the budget went up um and all the production value went up and it had like a new look and stuff and uh maybe some people thought it had sequelitis like you know and it didn't do very well in their opinion um but and i don't know I, th I think for when i speak to to tokyo um he seems we both seem to really agree that it did pretty well um and then maybe just do something different with the next one if we do do another one and it's like another vibe and it's got a new look um, but retaining kind of the similar qualities uh for sure but i think yeah it's nice to approach every release with like a new palette or maybe borrow some things from the last one and evolve them or just completely throw it out of the window if, if that feels necessary and just do something you know completely unique in our eyes um because like i don't know i've I can't just go with how I feel or what I'm working with or what sounds um, I'm experimenting with at the time. Uh, like recently, I've been working with like neuro bass, kind of neuro funk kind of sounds with like one track. And like the learning curve of that translates into like a full blown uh, piece of work. And then it gets put out. And I kind of that's the result of that. So I think a lot of it's like a, yeah, approaching it like each thing's like a, either a one-off or a series or uh yeah like something along those lines 
Um, although, because there's a lot of artists out there that kind of just have their set template, um, and they'll just keep using that, and there's nothing wrong with that for sure. Um, sometimes I kind of envy that, and I think I also get a bit jealous of that because like they have like a like a set solid palette of sounds to use, and it's just like to me maybe never get it never gets old in a way because it's so uh, versatile. But um, I think for me, I'm just still kind of searching, and maybe one day I'll maybe something will click and I'll have like a template that I'll go back to, or as you say, maybe just continue uh, just being very avant-garde or just doing whatever I want because that just feels like the best thing to do right now. So yeah, I guess there's your Stephen King novel of an answer. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. It's, I, I totally appreciate that because it's it really goes in line with that I, what I say is the do what you want to do, don't do what you don't want to do thing. And it's like, you know, your standpoint you want to do whatever you want. There may be pressure from other people to do things. I can relate that to things in my life. Some people may want me to do something some way, but I'm going to continue doing it the way that I want. Keep I mean, it doing still feels it. nice to honor that and honor maybe like, you know, maybe do something maybe that, uh, that people, you know, people like, and you do the, the same thing or something similar. And it is nice, um, but sometimes it can backfire. Like, you know, people are like, oh, do, do more synthwave. And like, I do a synthwave track and it comes out and no one really pays attention to it. Um, I've been in that position as well. So yeah. I think, yeah, I think the healthiest thing is to do is just to just do what you feel feel is right and not really try to give a shit what people think. Um, because if you start pandering, you can kind of maybe water yourself down or maybe skew your process altogether and maybe feel even worse about yourself at the end of the day. <clears throat> going off of, you know, people asking for more of one thing, I'm sure when Akuma 2 dropped, there were people there saying, well, okay, when's Akuma 3 coming out? There's there's actually a meme that, that Alex posted, <laughs> and it's the... It's the guy like levitating in the school hallway, and then the white one kid running away, and it's it's Tokyo Rose and Alex running away from fans asking about Akuma Three. No, when's it coming out? No, <laughs> we just got this one. When's the next one coming out? Yeah, I think it'll just be like Valve and just never do a third one. Just never count to three. So, would you l- let me ask you this? Do you think the Akuma project maybe is more about just your working relationship, friendship with Tokyo? more than it's yeah. necessarily about a particular sound or thing. It's just, it seems like obviously the two of you have a good relationship and <laughs> we get albums out of it in essence. Yeah. How did that start? Yeah. It's, it started off with like one track. He hit me up because he was like, oh, I really like your Blood Club uh, EP. And then we did a track and then we're like, okay, let's do another track and another track. And I just kind of like, the, the snowball kind of just started going from there and then we made a full album and people liked it yeah and i think yeah we have got a good chemistry we like we're quite we're really good friends uh we talk to each other all the time we've always like we're always pitching forward ideas and reviewing each other's work and you know like giving each other like motivation to do shit and all that um and i think it's kind of like the akuma brand as well it's kind of evolved in a sort of kind of its own brand um and the from that working relationship and i think it's i think it's good for artists to be able to do that i don't see enough of it but when it does happen it's really cool like burial and Fortet, for example like when they do stuff it's like oh this is really really cool 
um, and people lap it up for sure. I would, um, yeah, I would say the, I would encourage people to do that more actually. I would say the new version. Because I'm sure Andrew just did something as well. Yes. With, uh, the exactly. So there you go. Yeah. So both those boys are our friends. And, uh, and that is a really, like the, the thing I thought of was like, here's another great collaboration of friends doing some really awesome stuff. And I'm glad that they're able to release it. Cause I don't think Andrew's released anything at all. Really. I think he, he might have a few songs on Bandcamp, Maybe. I don't know if anything's yeah, been physical media. Stranger. Yeah. So I was like, like when I heard the album and just when the, I've heard Chris talking about it, who's destroyer for people that don't know. Um, I just really happy that stranger Andrew has an outlet that he's getting his music heard. Cause it's amazing. No, he's really talented. Um, I wish I could. Be, I wish I could draw like him. It's insane. Yeah, I was gonna say he's the complete package. He's a very talented yeah, artist yeah, in more than one talent. way. Yeah, being a little jealous because he can not only visualize his ideas in a really compelling way, way he can also make music and and explore that. And it's really so that's really cool and the fact that it's on new retrowave and you know, that's being released as a, as a record and all the media, it's just, it's super cool. So it immediately reminded me a little bit of like the Akuma stuff with you in Tokyo. It's kind of like the next evolution collaboration of people. And I think, as you said, I wish more people would do that. We still see like, you know, like imagine if danger did something. I know he never collaborates much. I don't think he ever does. I think, uh, I think maybe like once in a blue moon, but if he did something with, I don't know, Lauren, for example, like that would be insane. Um, but I think there's this like kind of, I, I mean, I know, as an artist myself, it's like you get quite kind of maybe a bit snobby or a bit like kind of reclusive. And I think that goes for a lot of producers, um, a lot of artists that kind of just want to be like a singular thing. And I completely get that for sure because I felt like that as well. But I think. It is healthy to try and collaborate once in a while, at least. Um, but it would be nice to see more of that. You're right. I I'm always a fan. I you know like when Aphex Twin collaborates, that always is very interesting. Obviously, he did it a lot more in the '90s, but I like Mike and Rich's expert knob twiddlers was really good. I don't know if either either your I know your Aphex Twin a little. Kyle. Oh, no, yeah, I love Aphex Twin, for sure. Richard is, like, he's just a mad scientist. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I seriously don't understand how he does what he does, but, and I think... I don't think he knows. I think he just does. What? He I, said, I, like, I think he said, like, uh, oh, like, um, what was it? He said something really interesting. It was, electronic music should just be listened to, and no one should talk about it. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, okay, I get that, but I mean, maybe kind of eats his words, but he's the sort of guy that is very reclusive and maybe, maybe is, I don't know, like maybe he has a, maybe he has a point. Yeah. That's an interesting thing. You know, I, he definitely come up, came up in a generation where the, the social media thing didn't exist mm -hmm. and the strength of his talent allowed him to not really necessarily have to engage with people and he can kind of do the reclusive weird artist thing but like yourself we're in a different time and you really have to kind of hustle it seems like that's just part of the deal now is 
engaging people on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, being on a podcast, let's say, for instance, and talk about your stuff and, and put yourself out there as, as a brand as much as your music. I mean, there is artists that still kind of do that. Um, they're very, very like quiet and they'll just rely on their own shadow. I wish I could do that. I mean, there's sometimes when I've kind of maybe edged in that kind of realm for sometimes, I'll maybe like just go quiet and just kind of be silent. But it's, I think, you know, you, you have to get to a certain level before like uh, you can maybe afford to start being a lot more reclusive or rely on just the music. Um, or I don't know. It's definitely, yeah, you're right. Times are way different to the 90s or, you know, early 2000s or like MySpace and stuff where like you could still find artists and get discovered. Like now it's just like, you know, Twitter is just much more of a news platform than anything. And uh, like Instagram is a lot, I mean, more visual, I guess, but obviously artists thrive on there, but it is very difficult. And especially when you're called Alex for like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like the, well, it's like the worst yeah. PR move ever, you know? Because I didn't expect you... Alex to even take off or yeah, like that's... do any like well at all. I thought like, you know, it was something that was, I don't know. I just, I didn't expect it to, to maybe, you know, have some popularity even though it's not a lot, but still, um, yep. to get on Billboard like a couple times is, is something for sure. Like, I mean, I think if the if your output is good or the work is good, um, or people enjoy it, then I think maybe something comes from that for sure. And I think maybe names are relevant to a degree, um, unless you've got a really cool name that's marketable. But Alex is for sure like very niche and very hard and there's like a billion alexes <laughs> for yes. there. there's yes. even like a lo-fi version that's even bigger than me that's like insane but um i don't know i mean yeah i want to say you can gloat being charting artists that's fine you can gloat that's fine that's something to be proud of um there's the struggle of anyone trying to find any of your stuff on any kind of streaming platform though too <laughs> yeah it's like i want to listen to alex okay you got to sift through a bunch of stuff you got to know the album name you got to know something that that does make it kind of tough yeah yeah for sure it's it worth, difficult and it's, i think like i've, I've set yeah i've set up like a second alias as well which i won't won't really like like reveal but um like i mean i see artists as well with really unique names and they're like i look i look at their spotify statistics and they're way lower and i'm like well like yeah i'm hard to find but like you know is there must be maybe there's a playlist or something but i don't know maybe i guess it was the time on new retro wave or i don't know i think there was definitely something to starting off on that label or releasing with that label yeah um, i think for sure for sure and i think that is it's a weird double-edged sword a little bit i think where yeah we have to like social media is part of like the game but also making all those connections, getting that support from people. Because when you have, you know, one voice or a couple of voices really saying, listen to this music, it's amazing to support this artist. They can really make a huge difference. And, you know, obviously, like, being a new retro wave and, and like that, it's helped you out as, you know, as much as Kyle wants to complain about their, their final releases. I'm not going to complain about them tonight. <laughs> okay. Good man. Good man. Uh it's still a really valuable thing, and it seems like the people that support you, at least in this scene, are sincere. Is that? Do you feel that that's true? Like, it's not just lip service. Like, you know, if someone wants to release your stuff or work with you, they actually want to work with you. 
I've kind of been in both ends of that spectrum. I've had like really bad experiences with that and really like good ones. Um, although I would prefer to just do my own thing, like release like everything by myself, not rely on any labels. But yeah, I, yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> cool. It's yeah. And I'm and honestly, I'm just curious about your because. You know, we've we've spoke to a lot of people, and we know a lot of people in the scene, and in different just startup folks. And I would say my general opinion is that it's more supportive than, say, like the metal scene or a different, more well-established, older kind of genre, where it seems more accessible and and people are more supportive. But and, but again, if you have a contrary opinion, then that's just as valid, and I'm I want to hear it. I don't know. I think, like, because the synthwave scene as well is very, very saturated now. Like, so I think it's almost like a conveyor belt. And I know I'm not a very big name, and like, there's obviously like a lot bigger artists that kind of get the. They'll always be referred to or talked about. And I think I'm one of those artists that kind of just kind of is in the kind of. In between, I don't know. Maybe they'll mention me, but it's very kind of rare. So I, I don't know. Would... I don't know. I mean. I'd a hundred percent disagree with that. I'd say you're one of the yeah, yeah. people. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe maybe it's just an artist thing, like because I'm like completely like I'll see things way different to someone looking in on the on the outside. Because in, in my direction, I'll say this: we've had a lot of people on this show, and like having you on the show, I'm completely starstruck, <laughs> and I'm having a hard time on my end right now because we have you on the show. So I just have to say, I disagree with that. I would say you are one of the bigger people in the scene. Good. Awesome. I mean, that's cool. I mean, I'm, I think I'm just like naturally hard on myself. So like, I think it's very like weird to hear people like be so appreciative. I'm like, Oh really? Am I living in some sort of alternate dimension, like parallel universe or something? Cause like, I'm not used to that. It's it's I think it's one of those things that you can never discount the effect that you can have on other people that no matter how maybe minor or maybe like whatever you feel about something that it, it's going to hit people and they're going to get really attached to it and personally invested in it. And I think like with your like as far as like, and I don't know. So I, I invited Alex to the, the night ride discord uh, yesterday and you kind of, you popped in just for a second and then you left and the discussions that carried through went on for quite a bit. And just the reverence that people have for your music and what you do. Like, like I felt bad initially. I'm like, Oh shit. What did I get this guy into? Because like, <laughs> they're just like, you, you know what I mean? It's like, Oh my God, I'm starstruck. I can't believe that Alex is, is in the, in this uh, discord server. I can't, you know, Oh my God, you're amazing. Like, just the reverence that people had for you. And then people are like, I don't know who Alex is. And then people are like, well, let me tell you right now who Alex is. And then all the links to your various albums and music and things like that. And so it's interesting. You're a very humble man, clearly. But you're kind of a big deal. You're a big deal. You're a very big that. deal to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's just like... Yeah, I think yeah, I dipped into Discord and I had like a peek as well. I was like, because like the first part, I think the, yeah, it was like, what was her name, Hannah or something? She was like, yeah, who's this? And I'm like, hey, hi, that's Alex or whatever. Like, um, like yeah, I'm on a podcast. Uh, 
bye. <laughs> just like, so, and then like I popped back in and it was like this huge big like Bible or something. Like everyone was talking. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to dip back out. Yeah. Because so... <clears throat> I'd be like, oh, that, that Alex asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Because yeah. I've been, I've been in, you know, I've been in the gun sites as well, for sure. Like I've, like I, you know, I've been a dick for sure. And like, you know, not like, bit, been a bit naughty on social media. <laughs> and uh, annoyed a certain label. Um, and, you know, we can't relate cool to with that. that. <laughs> I'll take full responsibility of being an idiot. Um, yeah, I do like the music that comes out of that label, you know. But yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm familiar with those feelings. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it, and and honestly, with with Hannah, she just doesn't really listen to dark wave or dark synth or whatever. So she just really wasn't familiar with that end of. The thing, and again, you're an electronic music artist, not necessarily a dark synth or a synthwave artist. Uh, so she was just uninitiated, and then people just like lambast, just like just went after her a little bit for like, how have you not heard of Alex? Da 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 da. <laughs> and so that that was kind of funny, just the the passion that people have for it in that in that server. So uh, I felt bad initially because I was like, oh shit, like what did I did I just like get this guy into like hours of like having to like scoot people away from them and like leave try to like get out of conversations but you handled it just fine so so you talked about nah. um doing another alias and i we're not asking for a reveal uh, what's the the motivation behind doing a different alias so like back to the whole like name thing it was like so what could i do that's more search optimization friendly um and see how that goes and maybe do like an album or an ep i'd probably say an ep and work really hard on it and see what just as an experiment see how that goes sure i mean that's fair that's totally uh, it's kind of a weird double-edged sword because like I'll, I'll say this so we've had cody carpenter on and he has a few aliases that he releases under, but the thing that he gets the most name recognition, the most interaction with is his name because he's John Carpenter's son and that's how he's known. And he does different musical projects under different names and they get different amounts of traction than using his name, different exposure. So it's kind of a weird, I mean, I do what you do do what you want to do don't do what you don't want to do well here's the thing if you notice that this alias is getting more traction would you consider changing things up or do you was this just an experiment i think for now it's an experiment like it's really early days um there's even like times when i question it i'm like you know does it, does it even worth it so i just stick to alex and just continue with that and just do and just evolve it more like a more uh visible kind of brand um artist kind of name um i don't know it's it's so much i mean you can kind of go so many ways with that because i mean i could do more than one extra alias i could do maybe four or i don't know if i had the energy for sure or <laughs> it seems like a lot of work the... <laughs> oh for sure yeah 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 i mean i think though as well maybe i just i wanted to try something completely different um out of the blue um and maybe not even mention that is me and just see how that works out. But there's always the temptation of just saying, Oh, by the way, this is my extra, you know, thing. And then like immediately try and gravitate an audience towards that. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, 
I think it's just because you get, I don't know, maybe it's, especially when it's Alex, it's like, you know, it's, it's a lot of work as it is. Um, like, you know, because people will release Spotify, it releases under another Alex and it'll get, like, it'll stuck, it'll appear on mine. And then it's like that, you know, and it's happen, it happens to loads of artists as well. It doesn't just happen to me for sure, but like, um, there's like more than one Tokyo Rose, you know. Um, believe That's it or true. Not. And they'll just there like, is, add yeah. stuff to his add, add stuff to his Spotify um, without him knowing, like you know, because Spotify algorithms are the release process. I think there's something that needs to be fixed, but for whatever reason, like it gets confused and it'll just uh, mitch mitch miss and you know interpret things and it'll end up on the wrong profile. And I think that can be kind of I don't know, like it's almost you kind of blame yourself for that and you're like, damn. Maybe I should have something that's just completely unique. But then, then again, it's like it's in 2020 to find a unique artist name um, is a bit more of a challenge because um, you think you have an idea, and then it's like like 10 more people already have that name. Right. Um, so, like, but I mean, then again, a name like name like might not be anything because like everything's alright. Because like there's danger, and danger is quite a there's a few dangers going about as well. Um not just frank's danger so like i don't know i mean uh it's subjective i guess um and you kind of draw your audience and like there'll be like a silent majority that always kind of follows you around anyway so like my perspective is that you don't have to worry about the alex thing because i think it like if it me my business mind is like what audience are you going after are you going for a wide audience are you trying to get as many new listeners as wide of audience as possible, then yeah, a unique name might be really important. But you're an electronic musician, and I think what the work that you've done has been substantial on your name and what you do, that you just keep doing what you're doing, and you'll just end up owning that name. I wouldn't want it to be anything else. Well, this is what yeah. I've come to expect. Yeah, and I think it's a weird balance of like, are you trying to expand your audience versus, you know, like satisfying the, the, the people that you have and is your music, you know, I don't know. It's again, I, this is not, I'm not expecting you to answer any of these things. Um, but it's like, as a pop artist, if you did a pop, uh, you know, pop stuff, you would expect that you would have to have like a really like recognizable name and, and have to reach a wide of, audience as possible but if you're like you just want to make your music you just want to do your thing and then bring people to it do you need to have a different name i don't know that again i don't know i'm just i'm a dumb american i don't know anything so it's, I, I guess it's really subjective um i would like to grow for sure um I, I do think though maybe it needs some sort of i don't know like a, a visual that's kind of consistent um, instead of like some horned demon lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, it's great. It's great tattoos and like, you know, merch and stuff. But I think it's like, a, it's a part of that series, like its own brand. It's like that Kuma thing or the blood yeah. like, club thing, you know. So I'll always just, I can make that excuse. But yeah, I think there needs to be like a, a visual that maybe has like you're like oh, okay so that's that guy that's that alex that's that one right for sure and then like you know you're you can kind of 
build on that and like have more of an identity because i think even just i don't know i mean you can pull it off for sure just be a name and then just release under it because barrial does that for sure and there's mm-hmm. loads of artists that you know that I, I can't think of right now but they do do it um and they have just like a name and they put out like really cool stuff like it's absolutely fire um but a lot of artists equally have like an image or some sort of thing that's like not a gimmick but like just an identity an avatar or something that's identified that you can identify them by and you're like okay and then if, and, like you can translate it to live shows because like right. danger's got his costume and right it's really like you know simple but iconic and you're like that's that's danger you know right or tokiero's in his costume exactly and he's got like the x's um and the kind of I mean, I always said, you know, I was asking, like, are you going to do a helmet? But I think he prefers the, the kind of simple mask vibe. But maybe one day I'll convince him to get, like, a 3D printed helmet with all kinds of stuff going on. That's It's <laughs> it's really interesting, I think, the things you talk about. Because um, I think they're really relatable to um, artists that are just starting out. Like, just imagine if you're like, I'm going to make electronic, or I'm going to make music now, and I'm going to try and get into this thing you're you're i think you're thinking about you're still thinking about a lot of the things that people think about at the beginning of their journey of like how do i access my fans how do i how do i promote myself how do i make myself different from other people how do i distinguish myself from xyz and it's interesting because like from our perspective you're so well established that like when someone says Alex, it's like it, there's only one thing. There's only one thing that brings, unless it's a, an Alex I personally know. I only think of you. So it's an interesting thing that we're... I only think of you <laughs> <laughs> all the time. That's, there we go. So it's yeah. it's just really it's interesting that you know what you're talking about and things that you're trying to explore and and just kind of going back and forth on. Um, yeah, an identifiable, I can see how, like, an identifiable symbol or look can be really important. And I guess, like, when I see Alex, like, your, the the font or your, your logo for your name, like, to me is very, like, specific. Because it's not, it doesn't lean, like, to dark synth, it doesn't leave, lean to synth wave, like, it's its own thing. It does have its own style, yeah. So, like, that is unique. So when I see that Alex name, like, on Discord or whatever it is, like, I, oh, I know exactly who that is. Like, it's, I think that's going to be, like, you know, like, phase one, I guess. I always feel like I'm always kind of beginning, though, like, or I'm always kind of in the early stages of everything. Like, um, but then again, like, there is that kind of, I don't know, I think I, I think I just forget, I guess, like, um the, maybe the impact that some of the music's had or uh, had on an audience. So, like, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I do feel like um, it's still very early days for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think look and and style only go so far. They're certainly super important. But at the end of the day, like, when we're all done and gone, the only thing that's really going to be left over is the music. And the music is, like, you could... You could take that to the car. You could take. You could do. You know, chores with it. You could be at work with it. Where like a look or a music video or whatever, it's a very specific kind of way that you have to interact with it. You have to be so focused on it. And I think you know the strength of what you do has carried you obviously to this point, 
in your career. So it's interesting. But yeah, I, I get where wanting to push yourself, wanting to, where else can you take it? Well, what else can you tweak to do the thing? I totally get that. I do that with with the show all the time. You know, going back to the whole font thing, you know, Alex, the name with the font, um, you've had a certain level of anonymity for a while. And just earlier tonight, um, I was on title bringing up your stuff. Um, We wanted to play a little bit of 2020 AD just to refresh ourselves before the show. And I noticed that on title, there was an actual picture of you and I was just thinking to myself, wow, here, here it is. Here's a picture of the man himself. And before that, the only other thing I had seen before was in the artwork for Akuma 2. So, like, d- did you have a, you know, was there anything in your mind like, ooh, I want to remain anonymous or, like, maybe now people can see what I look like? Because before I just, um... you know, associated you with you know, Alex and the specific font for that. And I was like, this is how I identify with the artist. Yeah. I mean, I think it was just, a, it was more of a, an issue with uh, the distributors wanted, uh, they didn't want the, they didn't want the logo. They just wanted, they want a picture of me. So it was like a, more of an identification thing with the uh, distributors. And I never really paid attention to title. It was more of an Apple music thing. And I think for whatever reason, Apple music and title maybe. I guess except that only they they only want artist images of the artist, not the name, and not the logos and stuff. That's like kosher for them, forbidden, verboten, for whatever reason. Um, although I don't really announce it or anything like that. I think maybe like you know, as yourself, you have title and you've seen it, and fair enough. Um, it was a press photo as well that never really got used. Um, but no, then the, the anonymity thing as well. I do take that a lot seriously. I do. I think. I don't know, like, I've been on the fence about a lot, and I, like, I've not revealed, like, you know, I don't take loads of photos, obviously, and stuff like that, and it was just more of, like, a placeholder thing than anything, but, like, yeah, the name definitely was, like, the idea of, at first, um, I didn't really have any plans for, like, appearing or anything like that, like, in a costume or anything, like, uh, visual like that at all, because I'm not the sort of person that takes selfies or like is in any photos or anything like that and i don't know maybe i've got <laughs> something but like I, I maybe it would be healthier to maybe have sort of an image eventually or but then retain obviously like the the name and the font or maybe upgrade that a little bit um and i don't know have a kind of a mix mix of both i guess but because I, I, there was a bit of pushback i remember like people didn't really want a face reveal one day and I completely get that for sure. Um, yeah. As a person who does not want pictures of myself put out there, I hate you know any picture of me. I don't want pictures taken of me. I totally get that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. So like, yeah, I want to remain anonymous as well, but uh, it's too late for that. Yeah, it's too late for both of us. It seems. <laughs> like semi-anonymous or like it's, it's there but you have to dig for it and it's like not really that common but i mean I, yeah it's on apple music and stuff but like i kind of do i don't know i kind of reveal myself through my artwork sometimes and it's like maybe want to maybe do more of that and maybe through that i'll have something that's a bit cooler or something to work off of in the future i don't know 
because um, you know there's going to come a time in the future if the world's still here <laughs> um it's a big if uh like the, there'll be live shows again i really hope so um and people are going to be like oh that who, who's this guy and then you know maybe it'd be cool to have some sort of visual for that um or be really weird and have like just an avatar and it's just like this giant head on a stage <laughs> it's like i don't know like um wizard of Oz type stuff um yeah so i, th I think there's as, as, as eventuality and inev inevitability where there's going to be something like you know there's going to be uh a visual because you know like people have always wanted like kind of kuma tour you know and right like, um like so that will happen at some point like if things go forward and then you know Tokyo Rose has got his whole visuals, you know, get up and I'm going to look like some random dude. So maybe I have to kind of think about <laughs> what would be a distinct look, you know, because um, it may look quite odd when you've got like this whole like stage and like lighting things up and everything's like really cool and unique. And then you've got Tokyo and then I'm just like, hey, I'm Alex. <laughs> I think maybe there has to be some sort of like, I don't know, equilibrium there where there's like a, a bit more to it than just uh, a dude. Um, I don't think that you, you know. should feel like there should be something else though either. If you like, yeah. I'm the artist, I'm this. You know, Tokyo Rose may have his thing, but here's yeah. Me. Well, I mean, it could be, it could be both. It could be like you know, I could, yeah, but, it could, uh, it could be a bit of both. It could be whatever I feel, I guess, because like you know, Dead Mouse, right? Yeah, he's doing his thing live, and then he just takes off his helmet. And he's like, hey, I'm Joel. <laughs> like he doesn't give a shit. And it's like it could be like that as well. Like it could be something like that where it's just like um, I see it's a mixed sort of picture of both worlds or whatever. Kind of a yin and yang thing. Be like, here's this person who's got their own thing, but here's this other person who has a total opposite their own thing. Yeah, because if you look mm -hmm. like Perturbator, he's got a great like visual show, but he's just dressing as himself and in like a t shirt on stage. I'm just be once upon a time my stepdad used to bother me so much like when i was in, doing stuff like playing guitar trying to do the band stuff for that he was like you should have a gimmick you should wear like clown shoes up there and i was like what the fuck are you talking about like i just want to be up there being myself doing this clown shoes what the fuck are you talking about yeah yeah no i like i, I do i do get that because i think i think someone said oh if you, if you need a gimmick for your music it's like does it worth it i'm like well i mean I get what I get where they're coming from for sure, but like, I think I don't know. It'd just be cool to experiment with like different things, and I mean, it doesn't have to be a set thing as well. You know, I could yeah, like because I think people like you know if they dig far enough and they see my face and it's like okay, like the face is there, but then there could be something else. It could be like I don't know, something cool with like visuals, like lights or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just like you know like do what know, you want to like, do. Uh, yeah, just do something <laughs> cool or. Maybe have like a jacket that like's programmed or something to like be like part of the show. I don't know. Like you could do something like that. Because I remember speaking to like a, a friend of mine who's a director, and he's like, "Oh, you need to have something that's like distinct." He's like, "I don't know what it is, but you need something." I'm like, "Well, I mean, it could be something to that as well. You know, like a hoodie or something that's like, I don't know, like a Tron, like Jeff Bridges's hoodie. <laughs> Just have like that." How about some good-ass music? How about that? <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, we're focusing way too much on visuals. But no, I think, though, like, I get quite envious of artists that have, like, the visuals. Like, there's, like, there's, like an artist called Cloud, and he's, like, kind of a mix between... looks kind of a bit like Daft Punk, actually, but, like... And Iron Giant, I guess, but... 
anyway, yeah, like he's, uh, I kind of get a bit like, okay, like they have like the whole thing sorted. But yeah, that's not, it doesn't necessarily mean it's like, you know, the BR end all for sure. And like, I yeah. think obviously focus on the music is a number one priority. Yeah, that always comes first for sure. Because you can, you know, you can have like the best visuals and like look super cool and then like have like absolute trash music. Um, <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's a lot of that. But because it like, you know, there's like artists like that have been in the same room as and worked with um, like way before they were huge. And like, I feel like maybe their music is kind of very carbon copy. Um, in my opinion, it is anyway. Uh, and but their personality is like what sells it. And they're just such a social media like socialite, um, like star. That's kind of like they're already set. So I think there's that kind of vibe or not vibe, but like aspect to things that, that a lot of people maybe don't notice. It's just kind of really automatic. Um, and I think for electronic music is obviously that's something very difficult to pull off. I, I mean, there is artists maybe that have that, like Dead Mouse kind of has that kind of personality to him, but he's kind of earned it with the the track record of that he's got with all his music. Um, uh, but there is like you know a lot of pop mainstream musicians that kind of have that personality that's they're more known for, and it's really interesting. It is. Uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, but like I can I completely understand it with like TikTok and stuff like that. You know, the, like I'm not a TikTok person myself, but like these people utilize that to like the highest order, and it's like like the best marketing tool in the world for them. They kind of effectively almost own it because it's Definitely. like what it used to be like Musically or Vine. It was like kind of that, and then yes. it became TikTok. I feel like I yeah. suffer from the fact that I'm way too old to be using something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a it's not. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a TikTok person at all. It kind of sucks. But for a marketing tool, I guess for like pop music, for sure, is great. But like for like like when my distributors ask me, like you know, they can you can send you can send your stuff to TikTok, and I'm like, well, like no one's gonna be dancing to like. <laughs> I don't know, like a Blood City like tune on TikTok. Maybe maybe one person, but it's not gonna go viral. Maybe if it does, but I'll be I'll be surprised. But you know, it's it is more tailored for vocal pop kind of really catchy trash. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. No, yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of Blood City, um, there was some very clear like. Um, different influences on there. Are you a person that just listens to everything? Or do you have a, a pretty wide palette of music that you like? Yeah, I listen to anything really. Um, although I'll always go like you know there'll be stuff that I that I'll religiously listen to. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Tim Impala. I know it's not like anything to do with Blood City, but like um, like that just off the top of my head. But like electronic wise, I listen to like Aphex Twin or something or uh, maybe a lot of trap music or, um, or Danger, you know, like um, I'll always go back to Danger or I like a lot of like Rez or 1780L or Death Pact. Like those are a lot more influential on Blood City. And then you've got like Vaporwave as well. I think there was like like one Vaporwave track that was like an interlude. Um, yeah, I'll listen to kind of anything as long as it catches my ear for sure. Like I'm kind of, I don't like to be st- stuck to one thing um like lately i've been getting into like a lot of kind of 
the newer kind of metal that comes out um like like bring me the horizon did like a a new ep it's kind of it's got mick gordon on it um on the, on the credits yeah the guy did doom so like it's uh you know i've been kind of getting into that vibe as well for sure um and i'm kind of i think i borrow a lot of that stuff from what i listen to like like kind of assimilate like the thing john carpenter's the thing and then like kind of kind of become this kind of i don't know i kind of morph into what sounds cool to me <laughs> pun, and pun intended kind of put out there <laughs> with the thing yeah. and morphing. So like, yeah 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 <laughs> so that there you go i mean like that's i think i always kind of actually think about that like alex is kind of like like it's almost a thing where it's just assimilates different like sounds from different cultures and different genres and kind of makes its own thing like because like there's a little bit of a middle eastern vibe i think and a track that i did i'm sure it's kind of just very very subtle but it was like you know i think it was like uh there's an artist called Kashmir, and he does like samples i think i borrowed kind of his middle eastern ones and i kind of morphed that into something so this is exactly think, the... hmm? go ahead i'm sorry go ahead no 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 um, i think uh I think like the artists kind of, I don't know, open themselves up to more of like being that thing, the thing, and like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, absorbing different kinds of styles and stuff, and borrowing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And I think there's something really cool they can do with it, and uh, not be too afraid um, to stick to the same thing um, over and over again. To avoid becoming a bit stale. <clears throat> it's refreshing to hear an opinion like that because we've talked to some people before who are like, I won't listen to anyone else's music. I don't want to be influenced by anything. I want to do my own thing. But it's you fair know, enough. It's, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like all, all the, all like all the best. Because I mean, if you can do that, like I'll, I'll probably steal from you as well. <laughs> see i like, like that too it's because like i want to listen to a bunch of stuff i want to hear more things i'll take influence for more stuff bring it on yeah do, do you like the I mean, prodigy by chance sorry do you like the prodigy by chance yeah i love the prodigy okay i, I was just we were listening to the new the new ep that you've got coming out and i just i felt some early prodigy vibes coming from it a little bit yeah, it's got like a nineties kind of acid kind of vibe as well, like with the with the visuals especially. Um, no, yeah though, like I was kind of brought up on the Prodigy and a lot of kind of Dutch kind of hard style and like a total melting pot of sounds. Like, like you know, maybe like there's a lot of like dark synth producers out there that were brought up in a lot of metal. I wasn't brought up in a lot of metal. I was brought up on like so much disco and like. Uh, Luther Van Dross from like my mum's side of the thing, the family, <laughs> yes, and my yes. dad's, my, like you know, like all that kind of like like old old school kind of funk. Uh, and my dad's side was like much more Dutch hard style, like drum and bass, uh, like techno, um, punk as well, like a lot of punk and and reggae as well. Actually, um, like we've got like a whole huge vinyl collection sitting there that's kind of dormant now, but it's so much reggae and so much kind of 80s punk and stuff like that. Um, I didn't actually get into metal until later on, um, and like my entry was that was you know I'm a total normie, but I'll just see Metallica. Um, That's fair. And then there's you know there's obviously like a lot of 
like loads of metal out there that I've not even tapped into, but I do really like the sound. And I do think there's lots of potential for it to like to go in, in like so many different directions. Um, and I'm hearing that a lot as well, like in mainstream, like uh, Bring the Horizon, for example, kind of had like a quite acid kind of metal thing going on in some stuff with Mick Gordon as well involved. And then there was like to the other end of the spectrum of Poppy. I don't know if you've heard of Poppy, but like she I was have kind of actually, like the, yeah, yeah, quite controversial kind of figure, I guess, in a way. But yeah, anyway, her and, like her and she Mercure. has has like a kind of metal core thing going on with her new stuff which is actually really well produced really cool uh, probably people will hate me for that but like uh, <laughs> like you know like but then grimes as well like with what we appreciate power yeah i really like that kind of like vibe as well like i'd really like to do something like that with like rachel because i've not worked with rachel in a while so i was like you know there was always the ideas of doing something like coming back with like you know maybe going quiet and coming back with something like that like a completely just out of the blue kind of metal kind of vibe just for like a, I don't know an EP or an album even just to see how people react to it because I've totally always wanted that. to work with like yes. you know like you know metal musicians and stuff and there was like a time where I was scouting for a few but um they're really hard to come by and they're like they're really really like you know uh like shy I guess um like the guy that did some guitar work on Paragloves album the new one playback I was trying to get him involved, but he, I think, I don't know, he's maybe wanting to steer away from, like, working with, like, becoming a session musician, I guess. So fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, no, it would be nice to to maybe just do something, like, really metal and, like, just out there and, like, maybe combine it with, like, the acid kind of vibe as well and drum and bass and, like, kind of go more prodigy, I guess. See, I was like, are you talking about the prodigy? Because that sounds kind of where we're going here with this. Mm-hmm. Which I'm completely okay with. I love the Prodigy. So, I mean, that's a great, you know, I, I was thinking about like dark synth influences today. And like, w- instead of like the obvious influences of like John Carpenter, everyone talks about dark synth and it, it like John Carpenter as being the main influence. But I'm like, I'm also thinking like, well, there's the Prodigy of what they were doing. And then there's like Aphex Twin with Come to Daddy. Like, that's like the most dark synth thing you could ever put out there yeah i owe a lot of my like electric music um interest to daft punk though i think for me yeah. that was like when i when when i first saw the advert for was it discovery yes. or the anime it was it, it was the anime music video with like Inter- interstellar 555 or whatever like mm, that was yeah. what really got me into electronic music that was like the the moment where i was like i really want to do music like that or in that realm because it was like before that, I mean, I was I liked music, but I was like nothing really caught my attention as much as Daft Punk did, and I think that was kind of almost my just my gateway into music in general because I understood that it wasn't just like uh, bands and indie bands and like you know pop groups and stuff because that kind of it felt really alien to me or like I was kind of outside of that. I was never going to be a part of that for for whatever reason. Um, and like when I saw two guys dressed up as robots or two robots just doing like really cool stuff, I was like, okay, so there is actually like um more to music <laughs> than just that um did so, you come yeah, from like i mean a, sorry oh, i was just oh. gonna say did you come from like a music background no that? not at all no i'm a complete anomaly uh, in the family like like i come from a like a family of like customer service and electricians and <laughs> uh, much more academic stuff um, I'm completely like creative, so 
yeah, complete anomaly. I didn't have any background. Didn't didn't study music at all. Wow. So you're like, you saw Daft Punk, you self-taught yourself, and you were just like, I'm going for it. Now you're the amazing person that you are right now. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was like, it was a slow burn for sure. I didn't like, I mean, it was a lot of trial and error and a lot of feeling, a lot of failure, so much failure. Still now as well, but like, yeah, it's... Yeah, I saw I saw Daft Punk and all these kind of artists in that realm, and I was like, "Yeah, let's 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 see how that goes." <laughs> That's got me amped up because I am, you know, I don't know anything about music. I never had any classical training. I never had formal training or anything like that. I tried to do my thing. It it just didn't work out. But to hear you know someone similar having the success that they've had, that really pumps me up. So I am very happy that things have worked out for you and fucking congratulations <laughs> thanks you know yeah it was, it's been bloody hard for sure it's like it's, it's definitely like failure is part of the process for sure and i think without that maybe i would have been like i don't know st- stuck in square one i guess so like i think i think every artist has to be prepared to fail for sure but in a good way not like in a diamond way like because i think maybe people associate that with like oh you're shit or something like that it's like no that's not the case at all because like, there's so many people that send me their demos and stuff and they just want me to like, you know, listen to it. And I'm like, um, and like, I was like, that. I, was, I used to be that person that would send all the demos. And, you know, like I sent, I had so much stuff that was like utter garbage, but like it was still something that meant a lot to me at the time. And I think like if you just keep going or practicing or and kind of studying, I guess, uh, like what you want to do musically, then there's not really anything that holds you back. It's just really yourself. Um but it's, I don't know, it's its easier said than done for sure. But I think that, like, the more you do, the better you'll get, obviously. The experience level will go up. Um, and then maybe when you kind of take a break, the experience level will go down a bit. Um, and, like, it was, I, I find coming back to music, like, if I take a break, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, how the hell did I do this? Um, and I have to go back and retrace steps sometimes. Uh because I'm not like a Ableton engineer or anything like that. I'm not like like a super. I don't have. I don't like know the Bible like in and out. You know, uh, I'm not as as you say classically trained. I can't just you know sit down and play like the piano or something like that. Um, it definitely is a lot of experimentation as well. I should really learn an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that kind of brought me into one of the other questions I was going to ask is like, what kind of equipment do you use for making your music? Well, I just use Ableton because uh, I was kind of yeah introduced to that, and then I have like a ton of third-party plugins and like VSTs and stuff like that. Um, I did have a microcorg synthesizer that I used not live, but just to kind of play around with and experiment with. Um, and then I didn't have a Korg anymore, so now it's just all programmed. Um, although I would like to invest in some like actual gear and start playing around with that um it's just i've never had much of a, a need for it, especially now but like um for, for live events and stuff i'd like to get back into gear and you know use uh like not dj decks so i used to dj a lot of stuff and i just kind of got really bored um, i used to dj for a while just on the side um but now that's like long gone but um 
I would like to do more stuff that's involved with the music and not kind of be a bit smoke and mirrorsy, like because I think, like, I've kind of been there and done that, and I think it's just not that fun. Maybe the first couple of times you do it yourself, then yeah, it's it's fun if you've got like a good crowd and stuff. But like, if I was to do like a Kuma, like a live tour of a Kuma, right, it would be like so many peripherals involved, and like I'd have to have it so that it's like, um, everything's like set up the way I want it to, and it's not going to be easy it's going to be like something that's going to have a lot of attention and a lot of you know uh, involvement from both parties more than just um, pushing a space bar <laughs> exactly exactly because I'd, I'd feel so guilty you know um and i'd feel like i'm not really giving people anything i'm just turning up and press and play and like i hate <laughs> i'd hate to be that uh for sure so um, what it, and i mean would it be something like because like carpenter brute he takes all of his music that he like programs out, and then he does live full instrumentation of all his music. Right? That's, I'm looking at Kyle because he's seen him live. Uh, there's a little bit of A and a little bit of B. I think. I mean, there was live guitarist and drummer when I did see them live. He live them live. I don't know. How would you say? How in your mind? How would you, if you did like an Akuma tour, what would be your an ideal setup? How would you, how would you think you would play that out? Well, I'd use Ableton like live for sure. Um, and a lot of like peripherals, like the launch pads and the, there's a, there's like a strap locked, showed me his when I was at the New York uh, album launch thing a while ago. Um, he had like a really interesting, I don't know if I can, it was a really cool controller, but I, I was just kitted out with like so much stuff. I'd have one of those, whatever that was. I think I've got like my Amazon like saved like searches. I can't remember what it's called. But <laughs> that. Um, yeah, I'd like to you know what maybe some synths as well actually, just to kind of like uh, utilize in some fashion for sure, like drum machines, because um, I wouldn't want to do like you know uh here's just the album i would do like the live version of the album and like i wouldn't i wouldn't just have it track for track i would have i would do like an alive 2007 and have like it all mixed together but unique in a way that's you you know because you're gonna people are paying like whatever much money to to go see this thing and it's like well you want to get make them have their money's worth for one and like have something that's that equally fulfilling on the artist like side of things where they have just this badass like set up and they kind of know in and out um back to front um and there's room for error for sure uh which is always healthy but like yeah it would be nice to have something that's just you know it looks like a nasa spaceship or something like on stage mm-hmm. <laughs> like just it's completely like the real deal for sure and not just pressing space bar you know it's it's really crazy because I have this high like opinion of you, so high. Oh, and then as our conversation has progressed, th- this bar has been raised even higher. Wow, <laughs> that's not maybe I'm like that's digging not... myself a grave here. <laughs> it's like I really like the way that you think. You are you're really great. <laughs> yeah, there's there's I guess like. Maybe you could listen to me talk for hours, and like I'm happy to. I mean, there's people that I listen and talk listen to talk to for hours, like Mike Pondsmith. I don't know if you're aware of that guy, but he's like he created the cyberpunk tabletop game, and the stuff that he talks about, like I'm just like, 
just please continue. <laughs> is it? Because he's got, Wait. he's got, he's just so like, he's just so interested. It's like, you know. But like, it... hear myself talk. I'm like, oh my god. Um, yeah, especially like, I don't know. I'm, I'm the sort of person that like hates the cinema voice. So I'm like, oh my god. Welcome to the club. <laughs> you like the cinema voice. <laughs> I'm just neutral. It's just it is what it is with my own sound of my own voice. I hate the sound of my voice. And then when people said I sound like T.J. Miller. That just made it even worse. <laughs> oh, sad times. Just remind me, who who is T.G. Miller? Because like I'm such a, a noob when it comes to like references. Sometimes. Uh, did you watch Deadpool? Yeah. His Weasel, the bartender. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> do you, do you catch the right? Do you hear? Do you hear it now? But but the worst thing is is like he got himself into some Me Too trouble, which is. I don't like to be associated oh, with that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't say no. I think I think it's just like overthinking it. Um, See, now yeah, you're just I, really being too nice. Now, <laughs> now you're really, really my favorite. <laughs> Thank you. At least you have a distinct voice. You don't have a generic person. I voice. suppose. Um. Yeah, so that's, I mean, all those things are really interesting, and I, I think people would appreciate just hearing about your, you know, the things that you think about, because I think you're held in a lot higher regard than what you think of yourself, um, clearly, and, you know, the things that you think about, I think, are very relatable to a lot of people, and it's good to know that someone can be at your level and still be just basically trying to toss around what it, what some of the stuff is, and certainly people would love to see an akuma tour which i didn't even i honestly didn't even think that would even be a thing for you at this point because i think like because just with how distinctly different your releases have been i didn't know if that would be even something you'd want to revisit at at this point like say 2021 comes along and we could like do stuff again like i didn't even think that was a possibility that alex would want to do an akuma tour yeah it's been on the cards for a while it's just like the we want we want to get the way we want to do it and have like you know because of like you know we were we're quite kind of me and, and tokyo were quite, we're quite kind of tired of doing you know synthwave kind of nights we feel like maybe we'd be better off maybe supporting an act or something at a bigger venue which would be really like for us really valuable i think because with synthwave nights it can be quite yeah i don't know like it feels more celebrating the the genre than the artists sometimes like from my experience and some of some of have been really good but i think as a musician looking at in a career point of view i think i would would like to go kind of beyond that and i don't want to sound like a dick but like i just yeah, i think i think it sounds like I, a dick I, at just, all. you know because i mean I've, I've seen like really big artists like bigger than me do like synth wave kind of festival things or synth fests and stuff I'm like awesome it's cool and they are they are they are really fun like they're good buzzes and stuff like it's for sure um but it would be nice to do something outside of that uh to wider just like you know for the track record for like the portfolio and stuff um but it's very difficult for sure very very difficult but just to get that under a belt uh or under my belt anyway so is there like i applied for sorry what I was going to say, like, is there a band that you would want to tour under that you think would be interesting? Um, like, 
me i would be like anything goes because like i've performed gigs where like there's been so many different like unique kind of or very artists that are very different from one another um but i do understand like you know to and under like a sort of similar vibe or a hard kind of like i don't that's the thing though because i've done so many like done so much different styles that like you know it's hard to put a finger on maybe like the sort of set vibe that i've got but people will probably say i'm much more tailored to darker stuff and i completely agree um uh so yeah i, I don't know who i'd want to like I, I, i'm kind of easy ozzy i'm not um that fast it's just i guess if it feels right um yeah makes sense i don't know who though i don't know who it's like i've i've, I've not really thought about who but it's just because there's so many people and availability as well is such a difficult thing as well because like so many artists like are already like you know they've got stuff for next year already booked and they've got like their whole like support already started you know it would be nice though just to to maybe go to like uh, south by southwest there you go or something i mean i've applied but you know it's a, it's a very difficult to get in with them uh for sure and i was meant to do e3 as well when e3 was a thing um but again very very corporate very very commercial so again really difficult you have to know the right people and plus have to have like a big big following to even begin to even think about playing these places although they did have djs and stuff kind of doing like vr kind of parties and stuff yes it, it, it's definitely an interesting you know kind of like getting out of like this scene where you're very well known and then breaking into another you know because electronic music by itself is already it's kind of a niche thing regardless like of how well revered it is and then being kind of where we're at which is even is the micro genre so it's even a smaller slice of that world um going to like a south by southwest would be very interesting kind of experience i know you make up at vanity set seems to make uh, a go of it with what he does touring with bands um, and I think Ghost toured with A Perfect Circle, I believe. I could see, uh, like, South by Southwest would be a great thing. Yeah. It would be the perfect thing. It'd be hard to get into. Like, that's completely out of the blue. Like, just, like, yeah, just, but it makes sense or something. Or even, like, doing, like, an Adult Swim, like, event or something like that. Yeah. That I could like, definitely see, too. Yeah, or a video game like getting on like another Hotline Miami type of thing. Well, I mean, I was I was meant to be involved in something like that, but just like the gaming industry, like most industries, but the gaming industry in particular is like so. It's like it's just so cutthroat. Like me, uh, Tokyo and Paraglove. Like there was a company that reached out. Uh, they wanted to use the track that we did for a vr title called pistol whip and it's like john wick but beat saber kind of okay um and it's just like one minute they were all down ready to go and then the next minute they're like nope we're not doing it because of whatever reason and i was like okay like but that's not the first time this has happened like i got pushed by ubisoft before and they wanted like one of my really really old tracks now um it wasn't really like something I was proud of as well, but they were like, "Yeah, we're looking for this track by this artist," and then you know, um, like because they were speaking to New Retro Wave about about me, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah, we want to find. Uh, have you got his email?" 
this was a while ago and then they just never bothered to get back to me and like i even went as far to phone up like head office <laughs> and i was like dude <laughs> are you still interested because <laughs> i was like so badly wanting to be in like you know watchdogs or something like that because it because they tracked the one it was mainframe so like I, I assume it was like something hackery you know um but yeah, no, like that. even Blood City was like, you know, there was meant it was meant to go cross media and like be like a comic book or a video game. There was loads of ideas for it. Um because like the people that were involved on Blood City wanted well they worked with Devolver Digital, who worked on what well, like Holly Miami and stuff. So there was there was the prospect of a game being pitched because there was lore written for it as well. But there was just like there was a point in the process where like everything fell apart. <laughs> um so none of that came to be so that that's maybe why the blood city kind of album in a way is quite obscure and visual like visually um and kind of has this kind of like story that is untold yeah that, that's interesting the, the one anecdote i have for that is talking to andrew which is how you challenged him when he was doing the artwork for the cover of it because he's not he can't draw straight lines for shit <laughs> and he was kind of he was kind of complaining not complaining but just talking about how challenging it was to do that cover art for you because of he's not good at doing landscapes but there were like that album oh he did fine he's not he not good at it come on yeah no he's really good but his kryptonite yeah is like um cars say he's yeah. uh, anime as well yeah. he can't he, he doesn't want to do anime because um, we attempted to do an anime like type thing for us for the single GunCon, um, but it just didn't work out. So we ended up going for a text-based kind of thing. And by the way, he does amazing text typography work as well. Like yes, he does. Um, like, That's he's really actually good at that. yeah. What um, I like that he does most. I've seen some of his shit. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "That's fucking amazing." We need something like that. Yeah, I I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's a little busy right now. But I want Very him to busy. do new. I think a lot of artists want to use him as well. Like, yeah, um, like he's the new hot thing for like the synthwave scene. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it was like if you didn't have someone do artwork by Ariel ZB, like you weren't shit. Now it's like if you don't have artwork by Andrew, you'd work on that. Yeah, because I I want him to do a new logo for us, but it's just like, oh fuck, it's busy boy. He's too popular. He's too, which is a good thing. Yeah, he's, now really, he's, he's really quick as well. Like he's quite fast. Like you know, he gets stuff done. But at the same time, he also is really, really busy, <laughs> especially now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a terrible problem to have to be so high in demand. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> Don't be I mean, so he's cool. He's getting, getting work, money, all good. You know, that's amazing. It, yeah, I mean, you know, and he's such a a, a down to earth, interesting person and like yeah he still his style as well is like really yeah. old school like i like how he uses pencil and it's very I don't, I don't know if it's like a lost art i don't want to say it's a lost art maybe i'm really stupid by saying that but like, i don't know maybe it is now it's quite uncommon like i don't see a lot of i mean obviously a lot of artists out there use i've used pencil at some point but he's like like that's his primary thing it's not digital like you know maybe you'll you'll like you'll like you know add it to photoshop and stuff later on if he needs to but there's just something about the pencil stuff that he does is really like uh, mm -hmm. interesting. Where it's like a in a way kind of retro with the kind of comic book style he does in a way. Like mm -hmm. you know, for Akuma too, he kind of went like kind of comic booky, but like eighties comic booky, like heavy metal kind of comic booky. Yeah. 
yeah he's, he's cool definitely get him on something in the future but i think at the moment um he's so busy i want to just like oh what <laughs> give him a bit of a break because he's just like i think he's up to his eyeballs and just so much especially with the new release as well so and but he did do the typography for your new ep right he did the singles uh but it was a new artist that did the the cover for the ep gotcha um it's hunter uh brand new person i've worked with really really cool so there you go awesome i'm glad that we're i'd like to work with more artists like like just typography and stuff and more of that uh vibe and just different artists in general just to keep things like uh fresh and like maybe not you know be like stuck to stick to somebody you know all the time and i don't know maybe i don't know i think i think keeping things with other artists isn't as nice as well but always go back to ones as well for sure like i'll always go back to andrew for sure um and like you know ariel as well if like we're doing like a repress or something uh but yeah no like i think i'd like to do my own art in future as well like learn how to do it uh especially with, like typography and stuff um it would be really interesting and something that would maybe might even help the creative process in a way because i get lots of writers block uh for sure especially nowadays but like it's like like a single takes a lot more time than it used to i think maybe i don't know if i take a break from maybe the the writing aspect and maybe focus on like the theory and stuff maybe if i come back to it i'd maybe be a bit fresher in terms of just the mind um and the workflow because yeah, yeah. lately it's just like i think i'm just so like just so like emotionally weighed down with like everything that's going on obviously so like i'm just like oh it's just so hard to get shit done like musically so maybe taking a bit of time off to learn some new skills and tricks and then applying that to newer stuff would be maybe a bit more fulfilling yeah so does does music for you come from a place when you are more content or excited than a, a dark place because you know you, you'd post some stuff on twitter yesterday i believe when talking about how you know you think being an introvert would be really great in this time but it really hasn't been good for you at least for the creative process yeah i'm not the only one i mean sierra uh was talking about this recently yeah. and she has to make it when she's happy and i completely get that and i'm i'm kind of a mixed bag like i'm like yeah when i'm happy or I feel good i'll make stuff for sure like yeah um but there's the other like jekyll and hyde kind of thing where it's like antagonist it was like i wrote that in like four hours when i was really pissed off <laughs> so like um and it's like a, a track that did quite well like on spotify so i'm like you know um i think there is something to being in a dark place and writing music maybe even more so than being happy um but it is i don't know it can be quite a hit or miss so overall the current state of the world not been helpful for you but it can yeah. be you can use you know anger or or whatnot to as a creative fuel as well it's just when it's prolonged and goes on for an entire year it kind of hits you well that was the idea for the next release is it's actually called anger <laughs> it's uh like i've got the typography for it and stuff the other day and it looks really really cool but yeah it'll be like 
something that comes from a darker place, um, much more aggressive and I would, I, would, I, would, I won't say it's a dark synth album. It'll be more. It'll be dark, but not synth wave in that traditional sense. Like it'll be much more contemporary. I think um, acid metal as well was like an idea, and the kind of it goes with the visuals. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's that, but then there's also other projects I've got I, like ideas for, which is like the complete other end of the spectrum, which comes from a much more chilled out place. Um, like, like I got a single coming out uh, called Toonami, and it's like the sort of Toonami era uh, Cartoon Network kind of vibe. Where it's you know, like... it's, it's funny because Kyle and I were listening to uh, your new uh, stuff, and we had a conversation about sort of what we felt were some of the influences. And that was it. What I said was like, I feel like I'm watching, uh, like, an attraction. Like, here's what's coming. Here's what's new of something that manga might have released in like the early mid '90s. So like, here it is. So I can see that, and I'm ready for that. There's, yeah, yeah. There's like a, I definitely there's like an anime influence in a lot of new, newer stuff that I've got. Like. Toonami has influences from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, there's samples from Cowboy Bebop. There's samples from Dragon Ball Z. There's samples from what else is there? Oh, you know is what? Yeah, uh, Evangelion as well. But then it's it's like the songwriting aspect of it is a lot more um, it's like it's it's like borrowing these elements, but then put them in like a chilled out kind of house track, but like lo-fi kind of nineties house or. I mean, you could see, you can it uses like '80s instruments, though, like uh, it uses the Juno, the Roland Juno, um, if I'm if I'm getting that right. I might be completely um, out of my mind, but when Cartoon Network had a tracks for what was Outlaw Star, whatever music they had going on for that, and I've tried to find it before, was out of this world. It was great. <laughs> so there's <laughs> there's, there's me just putting that out there. What was that? What sample did you think he was thinking. using that you heard from the video game? Oh, uh, Time Crisis. Did you have some something from yeah, Time yeah, Crisis? Sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That was like childhood. This is like my nostalgia. Like, yeah, I'm not from the '80s, <laughs> so um, like this is actually more stuff that resonates with me. Like me growing up, you know, like Time Crisis, like. Dragon Ball Z, Cowboy Bebop, uh, like stuff like in that realm, like video games as well. Like even that kind of garage sound um, really kind of resonates as well. And then kind of going back to the drum and bass uh, vibe as well. I'd like to do more of that style because it's really cool. It's like kind of, I don't know, it's, it's got like a kind of magic to it that I can't really find anywhere else. When I'm making other kind of types of music, although I would like to transfer like that sampling into other like genres, like uh, darker kind of stuff. I do believe that Destroyer and Cobra Wipeout used something from Time Crisis and their track for Narc City. Yes, they did. So, and I said I was like, "Ooh, yes, more." <laughs> And I, I keep fucking up. I want to say crime tysis because me and my brother would call it that just to, to fuck it up. Be like, uh, time crisis is good. I've got nothing but good memories of that. So I, anything that has anything to do with that, please bring it on. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to sample House of the Dead. Um, oh, suffer well. like G did. 
Mm. Just, just, oh. like the, the voice acting in that game or like the original one is like so awful it's, <laughs> it's so awful it's fantastic yeah 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 um there was other stuff as well that was what there was dino crisis as well um like there's some really ambient well because like the gun con like the the synthy here that's just chopped that like a, it's a save room theme from a resident evil that i never played called what is it called? It's Dead Aim, I think it's called. And it's uh, a save yes. room theme from that, and I've just chopped it up, rearranged it, turned it into a synth, uh, put it in a MIDI in a MIDI sequencer. All right, now we're and, really uh, speaking my language. So, like you know, there's like this untapped, well, not untapped because I think people have done it before, but like um, there's this kind of, to me, untapped kind of uh, potential and like sampling old kind of like video games that resonate with me and turn it into like a synthesizer or, or sound or something because there's like to me there's something really appealing about it i think i'm not the only one that thinks that because there's like it seems to be like a resurgence in like um future bass kind of drum and drum and bass kind of like garage or really like ethereal kind of uh, music that, that kind of has that that borrows kind of some of that vibe um like even burial actually sampled metal gear solid 2 for his track Archangel, which I never knew about for ages. Because I was always like, what is that like really addictive like choir? And it's, that's Metal Gear Solid 2, like right intro. And I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Bring so all, I think... Uh, hmm? Bring all of that on, in my oh, yeah, opinion. Yeah, I'm, it's like, so exciting. Like there's just like it's stuff that I'd like, I don't know, I just, it's so motivational to, to make. Because when you, because when I started playing around with like time, the time crisis stuff, I was like, oh my God, this is like so cool. This is like, this is my childhood and it's like it just felt like it felt like the right thing to do instead of like making something for the sake of making it or following a trend or something um going off of that like i'm on vacation right now i'm on my second day of nine days off in a row and one of the things i wanted to do was as you mentioned earlier i wanted to play through dino crisis (laughs) so that's one thing i may do so that's really weird that you brought that up like i'm fucking pumped right now so cool i think that was the first like horror game i ever played or i guess it's horror um survival horror yeah yeah it's like like resident evil without the zombies with with, yeah with dinosaurs instead yeah yeah i really love the remake of that and i've had the game since it came out but i haven't finished it yet yeah i still need to like go back as well and revisit silent hill um and silent hill 2 and 3 um, those are games I really, really like, but I've actually not played much of at all. Um, and even the music for those games as well, like Jesus Christ, like so like iconic, so like it's just chilling as well. Like the first one. Yeah, one and two are amazing. Each, yeah, like the, the, like I just have like there's a there's a playlist on YouTube called Silent Chill. And it's just <laughs> like it's so it's like the best thing ever. It's like you just you know, put on in the background whilst you're doing whatever and just like vibe out to some silent chill. And it's just all the ambient stuff or the, some of the best stuff from the games. This is really um, crazy because this is bringing me into a question that I was going to kind of go into later. But like last night, because it was Halloween, um, I have on vinyl uh, the soundtrack for PT, mm. the Silent Hill that wasn't Ooh. released. The one that there was, was a vinyl for that? Yeah, the, it was only a demo 
on the PS3. Yeah, no, I've, I've still got the demo, but like there was a vinyl for PT. So there was a bootleg vinyl for that, okay, and I've got that. So I was listening to that last night, and I was, you were mentioning this, which was going to bring me into like, hey, how do you feel about physical releases, specifically vinyl, because both Eric and I are huge vinyl fans. And yeah. I have to say, like, you as an artist, I think in, you know, if you say quote-unquote synthwave, you might have one of, as an artist, as a total amount, some of the most releases on vinyl than any other artist. The only other artist I can think of that might have more releases than you on vinyl might be Perturbator. Well, I mean, like it was something that I never paid attention to until like New Retrowave were doing them. Like, I didn't think it was like a a valued kind of i mean the word i mean well like especially nowadays i wasn't sure if it was like a like for that kind of like for like for indie artists like i wasn't sure if it was something that would sell um but no it really does sell and it's like people love it and like it sells more than cds um sorry <laughs> like did you, did you were you asking me like what i thought about just having a lot of vinyls in general or yeah like are you about physical releases or not because i have to say my copy of x is probably one of my most like treasured vinyl releases. Yeah, I I do I do like to get involved in like, you know, the merch side of things and have that. Um I'm all for it for sure. I think like for twenty twenty eight D there was no plans for doing vinyls for it, but Playmaker are really awesome and they were like, Yeah, let's do it. Um so that was cool. Because it was only five tracks. Um but even even like artists like Paraglove did a five track uh, one so like vinyl release that was going to dark as well like the vinyl was going to dark yeah um, the, I, I, like people love that stuff so I mean throwback. I even have bought it <laughs> so it's like yeah I'm I'm all for like doing more vinyls and stuff um, although I would like to do my own vinyls like be in charge of that whole process and um, like do all the management for that. Um, because it's something I've not really done. I've always left it to other companies or like uh, partners to do. Um, and sometimes it's worked out really well and sometimes it hasn't worked out very well. Um, so yeah, I think maybe taking charge of the vinyl side of things at least would be cool. And I'd like to do maybe some, uh, yeah, like t-shirt designs or caps, uh, hoodies and stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, vinyls are definitely a priority. Um, when when possible, give me um, all the merch, <laughs> all yeah. of it, all of it, mm, all the stuff. Uh, you know what? There was actually plans for a, a blood. I think it was for Blood City. It was like a what do you call it? A PVC off the character. Um, so like a little statue, but like really high quality to go along with like a bundle deal or something. But that never happened. But I would like to do something like that for like a Kuma or something. That'd be cool. That would be fucking um, awesome. Yes. Like a like you know like a collector's edition item, you know. Because uh, I noticed like some uh, artists have been doing like figurines, like action figures. Uh, I think Starkidian had one actually. I think also maybe Street Cleaner, maybe. You know, I could really see you and Tokyo Rose having like an action figure set that would probably <laughs> sell like gangbusters. Like Dude. you guys would fucking kill it. Like you guys and like the horned girl for Akuma. Done. Yeah. 
well she's like the mascot for that brand so like like it would be I over mean, that that shit would sell I yeah, would buy it. like if we ever do like a like a, an Akuma Master Bundle thing or something, that would that'd be cool to have that, um, part as part of a deal. Or if if we do like a third one, we do like a like a trilogy or something. Is there... There's also other like cool plans to go like forward with the Akuma like kind of brand, but I probably won't say. But like there is an idea to like maybe have a trilogy, but then have something that comes out of the left field and then is like a a continuation of the brand, but. Like an independent version of it, so it's like a fourth wall break or something. You know, it's it's a fourth wall break, but I won't go into it anymore anyway. Yeah, be careful what you say. Just be prepared that you will have to answer for whatever you say on the show. People will ask you questions. (laughs) Yeah, and so I, you know, go as far as you are willing to. uh, Yeah, for sure. Um, has there been talk about doing more represses of Akuma or anything else with your your catalog? Because you know. The struggle with vinyl is that if you don't buy it, you're going to miss out because the average press is like 150 to 300, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, there's yeah, there's an idea. There's 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 a plan to do a winter version of Akuma one uh, for this December. Uh, we're just waiting on the artwork for it, so it'll be a brand new uh, gatefold and uh, cover. Um, Heavyweight vinyl for sure. Son um, of a bitch. <laughs> different artwork and get now I, I gotta buy it again. Yeah, it's really nice artwork. It's a brand new designer. Uh, she's called Ninja Jewel. Um, you might have seen her stuff on Instagram, but like the vibe we're going for for this one, it's kind of like it's, it's black and white. Uh, it's kind of like because there was a teaser for Akuma Two that came out ages ago, and it was like a black and white kind of set piece thing that teased the album for a while. So we can you just use that as the as the template for this one. And I think we're using the gatefold design, like the actual high res that Arkuma did. Arkuma is such a like such a coincidence that that guy was called Arkuma. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so he did like the teaser and like he sent us the high res like file of that. Um, so that would be the gatefold, and then so there'd be like I guess two artists on, on that edition of it in a, in a way. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Um, it's just a matter of time, really waiting for the artists to finish up on their end. So when that's done, um, there'll be an announcement whenever they want, I guess. <laughs> this will uh, be like the so first yeah. drop. Like this is the first news of that. Then that'll happen. Yeah. I feel yeah. Blessed. I want to do. Uh, I want to do an X repress. I was. I was always talking about doing the next next twenty twenty. Like, but like have a brand new artwork, like a final kind of artwork. Um, and obviously, I've, I've, I don't know if anyone's noticed. I think I've announced it or talked about it, but it's like uh, X is now 20 tracks. It's no longer 16 or something or what it was last time. So I've added more to it. Just It'll be like this kind of huge kind of uh, homage to all my early work. That's what I, X is. X I'm is a collection. Definitely of ready the, for that. Older stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be, an, I'd like to do, I'd like to take charge of the vinyls for that. For sure. And then, like that was that's the guy, um, that's, that's Jared from Chrome and Lightning. Yeah. So he's done work for Perglove and like loads of people. Uh, he's yep. really really cool, really nice guy. Um, so he'll be doing. There's he's he's been working on it for a while. He's very busy with like Netflix and stuff and like Cobra Kai. I think was one thing he just yeah. did recently. He's actually done um, work for me. Actually, I hired him for something that I'm not willing to reveal yet. But um, yeah, yeah he's very easy to work dope. with. 
Yeah. So still waiting on the R for that, but um, I have faith uh, that'll be really, really cool. Like I've sent him like, so like the idea for the new look was uh, like I sent him like a mood board of different things. One of them was like a space odyssey with like the monolith, but it's like the X is like the monolith or something like that. Just something mm-hmm. really kind of retro, uh, like almost 70s or like there was even like Japanese Daft Punk uh, promo stuff that was just like looked so smart. So there was just all these really nice retro vintage kind of vibes that we were going for. Like there was one of the descriptions was like in the notes for him was like a like a dormant kind of thing, like an alien dormant craft or something, just kind of like on a on a Martian soil, uh, kind of just looking really cool, like really iconic. Because I think that was the thing about the X uh, covers is was like you know it was it didn't know what it wanted to be, because like the first design looked like a, like looked, looked like a couple lines of cocaine. And Ariel was always like, you know, that looks like that looks like cocaine. <laughs> and it always kind of like bugged me. And I was like, okay. And then I like Micah Sozo, like she's a really talented artist. And she did like a on the spot, like vinyl version of the the X, or like her interpretation of it. Because I was doing t-shirts and she was like, oh, okay, I'll do like a model with a t-shirt. And like, that'll be the cover. And then like, she did that like in like an hour. Um, so now I'm like, okay, I have an idea of what X should really be. Um, like in perpetuity for the next time it gets uh, repressed and then it'll be like the the sort of final kind of swan song from old stuff with the new edition effects. It's kind of it's already out there, but the just the visuals need to be there. So is, is there uh, like thought of like uh, taking care of like who masters it for vinyl? So there is, we won't necessarily get into uh who does well for mastering you have to master vinyl a very specific way or master the tracks for them to sound appropriate otherwise it could be bad um is that another aspect of like you mean by like take control is like even down to the mastering specifically for vinyl yeah i I did that for blood sea that was very i didn't do it though like it was actually the first Full full length, sorry, full length relief that I mastered because before that I didn't actually. It was always someone else on, on board doing the mastering because I always thought that mastering was like a, some sort of dark art that <laughs> like, like thousands of years to to get you know to master. So like you know it was it was just you know something that was really kind of out, out of the way you know for me like in my mind I just thought that was something that took so much like you know like you had to go to university or something to study it you know. But no, no, I, I, I managed to figure out how to do it, um, and it's been pretty good. It's like Jurgen, sorry, Jurgen, uh, who who works at Playmaker. He, um, like I said to him, I was like, well, you know, did you want, uh, do you want some other guy to do the mastering? Because like, you know, I've got all the pre-masters there. Um, but he's like, he's like, no, this like this sounds great. Um, on wax already with the pre with the the previews, so all good. Um, but before that, um, Tone Box does a lot of mastering. He did the mastering for some of Akuma too, actually. Um, yeah. And then there was another guy on board that I worked with for a while called Nick, who worked on a lot of my older stuff like Hero and simulations. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I I think I I didn't really like relying on other people to master stuff though. I think. I'd like to do most of the aspects myself, uh, maybe apart from the artwork from time to time. Right. Um, but and then vocals as well, I guess. And I've not really dabbled in vocals yet, but 
um, yeah, like those those two things I've kind of left for other people, artwork and vocals. But like the mastering stuff, now that I'm kind of on top of that to a degree, I'm like, okay, like, what's next? And you know, I mean, I've I've been doing a lot of digital mastering though, so I'd like to maybe learn how to do do, do the vintage stuff. Right. Um, right. But I've been quite reluctant to because I'm like, how much gear is this like going to take? You know, to do it. Because <laughs> um, I mean, there's always like the there's always kind of the you get a deeper quality with like vintage mastering for sure. Like you'll, you'll hear the difference because like even though the lines are getting blurred every day because like technology is advancing so much, but like there there's this like distinct kind of you'll notice the difference for sure if you compare digital mastering to the 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 vintage stuff the mechanical right. mastering because like you know power glove they do all mechanical for sure and you can kind of hear the the weight the depth because digital might lack that um although there is a lot of plugins you can use to replicate that and it can get really close to the bone so like as i said the lines are quite blurred now especially but for now you will hear you will hear a difference between like digital and uh, traditional mastering for sure yeah that's awesome and it, it's it's really interesting that it's not interesting it's it's just it's great that you're you're learning more you're challenging yourself you're you're refining more about you're taking more control over what your art should be and how you want it presented and i think most it, artists should have, kind of have like that aim because i think especially with a lot of pop artists and stuff, they leave up to a lot of other variables that we have like a team behind them to do everything like from the mastering to sometimes the songwriting to like, um, you know, lots of different variables. And I think if you're able to at least do, you know, like the mastering and the, and the, the creation of the music yourself, um, then you're kind of good to go. I mean, if you can do the artwork as well, like that's insane. Like, you know, like Grimes or, or Andrew. <laughs> right. Like, uh, Occam's you know, Laser does his own stuff too. Yeah, well, like, I mean, all the power to him for sure. Like, I mean, if you can do like the artwork, the mastering and like the production all by yourself, then I think you're like a one-man powerhouse, you know? So like, you kind of the world is your oyster, really. That's awesome, Kyle. What do you have for Alex while we got him on here? I love you. <laughs> <laughs> love you too. Oh, he made his night. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, um, I don't want to take up uh, more of your time. I know it's getting really late for you. It's, it's I mean, shit, it's getting late for us, and it's and we're seven hours six seven hours difference from you um i don't have anything else for alex for you sir i really appreciate you coming on um it's a lot of good stuff i think people are going to be really happy um do you have anything else other than you know pimp your shit i don't think you really need to pimp your shit people know your shit's coming out 2020 ad yeah that's out on friday the 13th if you're superstitious um good luck I guess. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm going to be taking a bit of a break, I guess, just to chill. And like, I will be putting out things, as, as I said, like on Twitter, on my rant, but like, yeah, things will take time, I guess, to put out. Um, yeah, like that. 
so I be, think maybe yeah be that's... patient be patient good things come yeah yeah patience time. yeah yeah things come i mean like i'd like to come back with a bang and like some new things to show off and you know just kind of have like really have something that's really impressive um or just yeah something really wicked like really really cool to come back and be like hey you know this is something i've, I've worked on and uh hope you enjoy it you know here's the next phase or whatever i think yeah, for sure your people are going to be excited um and obviously you have things to tide people over as you because it seems like you're both you're both looking forward and also taking control of your other stuff and going to continue to release and kind of tweak things. And, and so there, it's not like you're not going to be around or, but you're going to, you know, new music might take a while, but you got other ways that you're going to be doing stuff too. Yeah. I'll try not to hype anything. I probably won't. I'll probably avoid hyping things. Um, Cause I think people are like, just give me the stuff. Right. That's the problem. <laughs> like, you know, like I think that's like where we all feel, you know, right now with cyberpunk, you know, so I'll hype it for you. That's, that's fine. I'll take control of that part. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm sure other people will too. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the hype part is taken care of. Well, I appreciate you coming on Alex. Uh, it's been a pleasure until next time. This is Eric. This is Kyle. Yeah. All right. Paradise, sorry.